Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood Ministries podcast. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us a pathway to peace. Let's join the pastors of Brookwood Care Ministries as we explore eight principles of growth in this care podcast series on the journey of healing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast. My name is Josh Masters. I'm the associate care pastor here at Brookwood Church, and I'm here with one other fine gentleman. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Doug Wildman, and I am the counseling and marriage pastor here. And of course, we would normally have Gene Beckner here, but he was unable to make it because sometimes in Care Ministries, things come up that we don't have control over. So we will miss Gene. But Katie is at the helm, and we love having Katie here. Since Jean's not here to say hi, say hi nice and loud, Katie, since you don't have a microphone. Hey, everybody. There we go. That was Katie. Um, <laughs> and we are in week nine, week nine. Come to the of, end. Yes, we've come to the end of yeah. our series on the journey of healing. The journey of healing has been a nine-part series that we've worked on, looking at the eight principles that are used in Celebrate Recovery in the Landing to bring healing to people. And we've explored each one individually, and today we're going to talk about the last one. But before we do that, let's sort of recap a little bit. Here at Brookwood Church, we look at the eight principles a little bit differently. We use them exactly as they're written, but we do categorize them a little bit differently. We put them into four categories. So we talk about the first three principles being about seeking God. And again, if you haven't heard those podcasts, you can go back and listen to them in the archive. But the first three are about seeking God. Yeah, and then we uh, we picked up on uh, th- uh, four, five, and six um, with being transformed by God. Right. Yep. And then once we're transformed by God, we look at principle seven, which we categorize by itself as experiencing intimacy with God. When we're at the landing, we talk about it being with relationship with God. And finally, for today, we're going into our last uh, part of this series, which is all about serving God. Let me go ahead and read this to you. It says, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and my words. That's step number 12. Um, and it's based off of Matthew 5.10, which says, happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Um, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Um, another way of looking at that is God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Right, and that's the NLT. That's the NLT, right. right. So now you mentioned step 12, so let's just clarify that a little bit, is that at Celebrate Recovery, we use both the eight principles that come out of the Beatitudes, which is a section of the Sermon on the Mount, but we also use the traditional 12 steps of healing that people hear about at a 12-step meeting, but they're tweaked a little bit to be um, more God-focused, more Christ-focused. Mm-hmm. So these eight principles also coincide with the 12 steps. And if you're interested in how that works, you can go to our website, which is www.brookwoodchurch.org slash celebrate recovery, and you can see how those mesh up together. But again, today we're going to talk about yielding myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others by my example and by my word, and we call that serving God. Now, One concept that I always like to talk about, and this can be a little bit confusing or even controversial, is that you can't truly serve God 
until you learn to have intimacy with God. So last week we talked about having intimacy with God, mm-hmm. experiencing relationship with God. Right. Now you can do things to serve a church or to serve a ministry or do things for God, mm-hmm. but to truly be selfless yes. in your service to God, you have to first have a relationship with him, which is why I think this principle comes last. Mm-hmm. You can certainly get plugged in and start doing things and serving right from the beginning on your first day. But in order for it to be relational, you have to first have that intimacy with God. Has that been your experience, Doug? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We um there's a there's a big difference between religion and faith, I guess is what it kind of comes down to. You know, religion is is all about uh as we've I think we've said here before, um us reaching up to God, um, faith is God reaching down to mankind and, and womankind, and uh, <laughs> that was for Katie's sake. Yes. Um, um, but a big part of that is that we surrender. You know, we surrender. We've talked about that before. Um, it, it's it's about no longer being in the in the driver's seat of our life, right. and um, part of that is um, taking the experiences that God brings us through and then God using that as a way to also then reach out to to other people who are going through the same thing. We have uh, in uh, in the care ministries class, we emphasize second uh, Corinthians one four, which says that he comforts us in our trials so that we can then turn around and comfort others when they are troubled. and we will be able to give them the same comfort that he has given. To us, so um, so a big part of that is allowing God to take control of our lives, and rather than me saying, "God, this is," we talked about this the last time. God, this is the way I want my life to go. Um, th- this is the plan that I have. God says, "Really now? Is that is that right?" Um, a lot of times when I think back on my own experience, I think I never in a million years would have figured I would have been a counselor, much less a pastor. Um, and, um, you know, God just kind of little by little, those experiences that happened, he, he, uh, he directed me and he, he caused, um, all things to work together for the good. But at the time, I'm telling you, it looked really, really bleak. But he used those experiences to kind of direct me. And I'm telling you, I had every – I don't know if I ever told you this, Josh, but I had I had all all the plans were in place for me to become an animator at the Disney Studios. No, I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. And um, I, had, I had a plan. I mean it was like I had – my whole childhood was dedicated to drawing these pictures and, and um, I had this huge portfolio – and my my dream was to become a Disney animator. I submitted the drawings and um, got a letter back that said, don't call us, we'll call you kind of thing. I was pretty devastated. Um, in a few years had passed and I ended up, I ended up uh, basically uh, becoming a, a believer. And God called me into um, missions over in Romania. And right as I was getting ready to get on the airplane, I get this... I get this uh, call saying, oh, we're kind of embarrassed to tell you this, but we uh, never actually looked at your portfolio. We just found it. 
um, maybe you can give us a call. Well, by that point, I had already made these plans to uh, go overseas. Wow. So that was sort of like a last temptation. It was. That the enemy tried to use to keep you away from what God was calling you to do. Absolutely. Um, So I I was faced with a choice. And that choice was to, am I going to do what the flesh desires or am I going to do what God has called me to? And um, um, so, yeah, anyway, long story short, um, with the the thing that we're talking about here today, um, it's yielding ourselves to God um, in order to bring that good news to others, um, both in example and also in words. Um, I think you and I were talking a little bit earlier um, that nobody wants to hear what we have to say if our lives do not openly display what God has done in us. Right. I think one thing that God has shared with me one time when I was sort of working through that idea was he said to me, one of the best testimonies is for you to share your mistakes and live your redemption. And I think that that's that's part of what this means by living by your example and by your word. Yes. Yeah. On the other hand, I've also seen another pitfall, and that is that um, people, they, they, they think that if I just live a godly life, that somehow, somehow that's going to be enough for people to be able to see the truth about who Christ is. And that's also something that we need to really pay attention to. I'm sure we've, many people have read this before, but there's a series of questions that uh, Paul asks in Romans. It says, but how will they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Um, and this is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. They obviously have never seen my feet. They're pretty nasty, actually. That's uh, why you cover them with the shoes of the gospel of peace, so that oh, people don't have to look ooh. at your feet. Yes. Right? Well, That's that, well, that was the smooth. armor of God. That yeah. was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth, right? Uh, so, yeah, we need, <laughs> we need both of uh, – we have to speak the words, tell people – why is it that you have that hope within you? But we also, we're all a work in progress, let's, let's face it. Um, but I think when, when we are yielded to God, it's hard to hide it. It's hard to hide that. Um, so um, I was curious, Josh, um, about the verse that was chosen for this. It's um, happier those who are persecuted um, because they do what God requires. Isn't it interesting that the word persecuted is used when it comes to being yielded to God? Right. And it's also interesting that that word is used on the last principle, because so many people would think, oh, I've gone through the process of healing. I've gone through the process of letting God transform me. I'm getting connected with God. Now things should be easy. Oh, no, they're never easy. They're probably going to get harder situationally or circumstantially. Um when you do start truly serving God in a selfless way and you start yielding yourself to God, persecution is going to come. Struggles are going to come. Trials are going to come. So often we talk about the verse where Jesus said, in this world you will have trials. Yes. 
you will have tribulations, yep. but it's an important but, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Yes. So we can bear those persecutions. We can bear those trials, but serving God is not easy. No. And anybody who sells you that, that Christianity is easy, they're, they're selling you a bill of goods. Yeah. Because it's not easy. It's difficult, but it's worth it because you can have inner joy. You can have inner peace, peace that the world can't offer. But the word yield is very interesting. What You know, one thing I've learned about this whole series that I've never noticed, I've been working with these Celebrate Recovery and Landing principles for years now. But one thing I've never noticed until we did these in-depth podcasts is how important each first word is, how, how specific each first word is. We talk about consciously choosing and openly examining, voluntarily submitting, evaluating my relationships reserving time for God. And this one, yield, is just as important. And when you think of a yield sign, right, that means somebody else has the right of way, that you have to slow down for their movement. So when I visualize the idea of yielding to God to be used by him, like my visual that comes to mind is God has the right of way, I have the yield sign, am I going to slow what I am doing in order to make way for where God is going. Exactly. Right? That's what the yield is all about. Um, So we yield ourselves to God so that he can use us. Hmm. And the miraculous thing about that is that God doesn't need us. Sometimes we can get prideful and we can say, you know, God needs me to do this. God doesn't need us to accomplish anything, but he wants us to be part of what he's already doing because he loves us. And so he includes us in what he's doing, which is remarkable to think about. He doesn't have to include us in what he's doing, but he wants us as his children to be engaged in what he's doing. So it's yield ourselves to be used by God, not for us to use God, yes, but for us to be used by God to bring this good news to others both by my example and by my words. And I think that you hit it right on the head earlier, Doug, when you said the idea of, well, we have to first live a life that reflects Christ, mm-hmm. but then we also have to use our words. Yes. Yep. And we and our words have to match the way that we're living, mm-hmm. right? There's yeah. so many people who are, quote unquote, turned off by Christianity because of the hypocrites. That's what they would say, right? right. Oh, the church is filled with hypocrites and the body is made up of human beings. So you probably are going to find some hypocrites. Yeah. And if you want to be a person who yields to God so that he can use you, mm-hmm. you need to be walking the walk and talking the talk both. Yes, right? your, absolutely. Your deeds and your words have to match. Have you? First of all, have you ever read the uh, the book by Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God? It is on my list, but no, I've not read it because <laughs> I know that's one of Gene's favorite books. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't read that book, um, please do. There's a principle in there that says God is always at work around you. So whenever you see God at work, consider that his open invitation to join him in the work that he is already doing. I was, uh, I was up in Endeavor, Saskatchewan. I was pastoring up there, little Mennonite church. And one day, 
I walk into the church and there's this young woman sitting in the pew and um, she was crying. I had never seen her in my life before. And I walked up and I said, can I, uh, can I talk to you? And she said, sure. And I asked her, well, why are you crying? And she said, well, I've been living with my boyfriend and I know that it's not right. She said, I've never stepped foot in a church in my life before, but I somehow I just know that this is not right. Well, I mean, that's, that's clearly something only God can do. Right. And so, um, you know, to, to bring conviction um, to a heart is something that no preacher can make happen. Uh, that's something only the Spirit can do. So I, I joined God in what he was doing, and she, amazingly, she came to Christ and it was one of those things where she said, just like the book of Acts, so what do I do to be baptized? I mean, what, what's to prevent me from being baptized? And I said, well, probably because it's like 40 below and we <laughs> baptize in the lake. Yes. And uh, so the, she said, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not. Um, so the next Sunday, though, she was baptized at the lake. And it was roughly the consistency of a Slurpee. So it wasn't just cold. It was like I was completely numb. And um, But see, when you're confronted by the Holy Spirit and what he has freed you from, then that kind of sacrifice doesn't seem like a sacrifice. Right. That's what she was experiencing. Exactly. At the end, we were all rejoicing. And as I reflected on that, I was like, you know, I could not have planned this. It was all really about being sensitive to what God was already doing. And, uh, and that's, that's part of what we mean when we're talking about yielding to, to God, you know, being alert and aware of the activity of the Spirit. And partnering with him in that. And partnering with him in that. Now, my flesh, looking at that, that frozen lake, I did not want to, I did not want to get in there. But because of the obvious um, demonstration of the Spirit at work, I joined him in that work. And it's, uh, it's not something that's unique to me. It's something that God is calling everybody to do. Um, so you might ask yourself, what are some things that only God can do? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the church being one body, but that Christ is the head. So many times we try to be the head. But when Christ is the head and he is communicating to us through the Holy Spirit, then incredible things happen. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing that we do want to say is this idea of yielding to God comes with these other principles that we've already talked about, that you've learned to consciously choose to let God change your character defects, that you've allowed him to transform you, that you have um, spent intimate time getting to know him, that's how you start hearing his voice, so you know what you're yielding to. They all go together. And you'll find that if you use the eight principles to heal something in your life, let's say that you have anxiety. I struggled with a great deal of anxiety and depression, and I use these eight principles to have God heal me from a good portion of that. Once you've done that, well, what do you do? You say, oh, I've gone through the eight principles, now what? Well, chances are you're going to go back to the first one and realize that you're not God in some other area that God wants to help you overcome. Mm. Because 
he brings to mind the next thing that he wants to work with you on mm -hmm. so that he can partner with you even with more purpose yeah. and accomplish more for his kingdom. And that's hard. It's hard to uh, learn how to do that. And you can't really do it alone, which is why we're called to live in community with one another and learn yes. from one another and disciple one another so that we can learn to hear from God. And that's what we do here at Brookwood Church. So as we go back to the verse that we were talking about earlier, the idea of um, happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Learning to do what God requires and learning to have peace and joy even in persecution takes time. And it's about progress, not perfection. And it's about doing it in community. So if you're engaged in the process, that's already victory. We're not talking about being perfect and always doing everything perfect. That's a good point. It's about being engaged in the process with God and seeing the victories that he puts before you yes. that you get to be a part of, which is miraculous. So this is going to be the last episode of the Journey of Healing series that we've been doing on the podcast. Uh, but make sure to tune in next week because we're going to start a brand new series. Do you want to tease that a little bit, Doug? Yeah. So it's called The Mystery of Marriage. And it's based off of that Ephesians 5 passage that talks about husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. And wives respect your husbands as the church is called to respect Christ. Um, it's a a closer look at what mutual submission in marriage is all about. Right. That's going to be an excellent series. And we want to let you know if you're not married, this series is still for you because these are principles of relationship and principles that would be helpful for you to know before you get married. In fact, if people were to study this before they got married, it would probably um, lessen your workload a lot as the marriage and counseling <laughs> pastor. So we would love to have you join us for that. And again, if you have any questions about Celebrate Recovery or the landing or how we can encourage you, then please give us a call. There's going to be a number at the end of the podcast that you can call us. We'd also love to know how this series helped you or what questions you have and know that we are willing to walk in this journey with you. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless. Yeah, we're also going to sing, Where have all the Beckners gone? <laughs> you do realize that this will be uh, on the podcast this week, yeah, right? Also